Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. Before we continue, I wanted to tell you a bit about TMX Editor. It was created by Max Programs, the same company behind Swordfish, which you probably already know is my cat tool of choice since 2008. TMX Editor is the ideal tool if you receive a large TMX file from a client and need to verify and edit segments on the fly. As translators, sometimes we have to do a quick audit on TMX files to make sure we don't have any duds among the translation units already recorded to legacy materials. So I love using TMX Editor to remove tags from previously translated segments and delete any duplicates or untranslated segments. Everything loads up so fast and the interface is so clean, it really makes my workflow so much better. If you'd like to give TMX Editor a try, go to this webpage, bit.ly slash tc-tmx. Once again, the webpage is bit.ly slash tc-tmx. Hope you like it. Translating for Speech Today, I wanted to talk about a growing segment that can help you diversify your services once you learn more about it and study hard to adapt your skills and have this new specialization under your belt. I'm talking about translating for speech. There are different things you must keep in mind when translating text that you know will be read aloud. In other words, more than being faithful to the original, you must focus on the message and how it will be received by the target audience, which will largely depend on what they hear because that's the main purpose of content that is meant to be read aloud. I was fortunate enough to get a lot of hands-on experience on all three sides of this matter. The first experience I had was as a content creator, all the way back in journalism school when we had a class dedicated to writing and reporting the news on the radio. During that time, I got a six-month internship at a community radio station, and I got a chance to get on the other side of it, not just writing for speech, but actually creating the speech. We had a two-hour show around lunchtime, Monday through Friday, when we read the news, interviewed locals, and played some music too, so we could take a break and get some water or go to the restroom. I remember waking up early in the morning, going through the headlines of the day while having breakfast, and writing a few spots that I would read on air. I would always focus on how to organize the information in a way that it wouldn't be hard for me to read it live. So I followed the basic tenets of journalism. Who, what, where when, how, and why. By answering these questions, I could structure the information correctly and had a much easier time reading it. Still, I rehearsed it by reading it aloud before getting to the station, just in case I needed to change something that turned out to be a kind of a tongue twister. 
So I was on both sides of that task, writing for speech and then reading the information aloud. The main thing I kept in mind was that if I didn't sound clear while reading the news, listeners wouldn't be informed and I wouldn't be fulfilling my purpose. As we learn in journalism school, unlike the written media, when you write and report on TV or on the radio, your audience can't stop, go back, and read it again. I know I'm talking about the turn of the millennium, and today we have the technology to rewind TV shows and consume media on demand, including radio news and podcasts. So you can always go back and listen to something again if it isn't clear. However, we shouldn't expect viewers and listeners to do that. And it is our responsibility as journalists to be clear and precise the first time around. With that in mind, I got to the third side of this matter. As a translator who works on material that will be read aloud, I have to follow this very same principle too. I have to be creative enough to turn a sentence around and make it sound good in my target language, whether it is in Portuguese or in English. People must listen to my translation and be informed or entertained. Sometimes the original material is top quality and translating it is a breeze. Other times, content creators don't know exactly what they're doing so I often have to give them some tips on how to improve their original material, as I do my best to make the translation sound natural and grab people's attention. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For me, the best case scenario while translating for speech is when I get to translate and on top of that, record it too. That makes my work so much easier. However, because I do a lot of voiceover work, I don't always have the luxury to translate what I'm about to read. I just get the script and have to record it as is because it's already been approved by the client. I won't even go into the fact that clients who approve these scripts rarely speak the language the material is in, so they have no way of knowing whether something is of good quality or not. When that happens, I just take a deep breath and go back to my college days, highlighting and putting words here and there in all caps, so it's easier for me to spot complicated areas and avoid too much rework while recording something. This is exactly what happened when I got a voiceover project for an instructional video that would train employees to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in the workplace. Pretty important information, right? Well, whoever translated it in Portuguese made a lot of mistakes as far as verb conjugation, terminology, and even some sentences that were very vague or ambiguous when compared to the original in English, which I had access to. 
I tried to talk to the client and asked if I could edit the translation before recording it. I got a resounding no because, you guessed it, managers had already approved the script. I pressed, asking whether the managers located here in the United States also spoke Portuguese. I was told they didn't. They were monolingual English speakers, but they had been reassured that the translation was perfect as it was. So I just needed to go ahead and record it. It hurt me deep inside because I always want to do a good job. And yes, I stuttered every time I read a mistake aloud. But you just got to choose your battles, and some clients will never learn, no matter how much we try to warn them. There are two other cases that are kind of funny, and I can't give many details because I don't want to identify the parties involved. But Let's say that I had to read instructions for a device whose name in Brazilian Portuguese was pretty bad. It sounds fine in English, it's catchy, but in Portuguese, it will be the butt of a joke. Pun intended. I asked the project manager how they wanted me to say the name of the product, and they said, Oh, just say it like you say it in English. Okay, I did that. Then someone else along the audiovisual production chain in Brazil didn't quite like what they heard. They told me to change the pronunciation of the product name to make it more Brazilian. Once again, I emphasized that it would most definitely become the butt of a joke, but they were having none of it. Long story short, I had to re-record the entire two-minute segment because I couldn't simply replace the product name with a new pronunciation. Let's pretend it's something mainstream like Microsoft. Can you imagine an entire audio track with instructions that were recorded as Microsoft and in post-production got edited with an out-of-context Microsoft-ichi? No, I had to re-record everything to get the right inflection every time I use the Brazilian pronunciation of the product name, while trying very hard not to giggle every time. One last anecdote before I give you some practical advice on how to explore opportunities in translating for speech. We had a client, a businessman, who had a speech prepared in English and asked it to be translated into French. Sure, no problem. I assigned it to my French colleague, and she got it ready to go. We thought it was going to be posted somewhere, maybe the company website, prior to the actual live speech. A few days later, the client got back to us and asked whether my colleague could record herself reading the French version of the speech. Sure, no problem again. She recorded it, and we delivered the audio track to the client. A couple of days went by, and the client said, the scope of the project changed. I can't really read the speech in French. I thought my French from high school was enough, but I won't be able to read it to our potential partners in France, at least not convincingly. Can your colleague maybe jump on a call and coach me into making sure my pronunciation is spot on? <sighs> I, I honestly did not know what to do. <laughs> So this guy thought he was going to become fluent in French by reading a French version of his speech 
and then address a room full of French people to try to make a business deal? It was well before that Netflix show, Emily in Paris, or if I try a fake French pronunciation, kind of like what the guy was trying to do, Emily in Paris. But you can already imagine the situation this clueless businessman was getting himself into. I didn't even bother to go back to my colleague with that outrageous request, which would be a waste of her time. I explained to the client that what he was looking for was an interpreter. That way, he could read his speech comfortably in English. A professional interpreter would be in the room interpreting him, possibly using my colleague's translation as a very handy resource. I even told him, this way, he would have room to improvise if he felt like it, because interpreters translate in real time, and he would make a very good impression if he hired the right person for the job. Well, after the break, I'll bring you that practical advice I promised, so you can start exploring opportunities to try to translate for speech. Focus on the important stuff. XTRF takes care of the paperwork so you can take back control of your schedule. Our fully automated workflows and vendor billing takes all the stress out of those urgent requests. And if that wasn't enough, your clients can securely monitor the progress of their projects themselves. That means fewer emails for you to deal with. Did we mention our platform is fully customizable too? XTRF's team of experts can handle anything from cat tool to accounting system integration. We could go on, but the benefits are endless. So if your company is in need of a productivity boost or your project managers can barely keep their heads above water, then let's talk. XTRF has the solution you need. XTRF, translation made simple. Visit our website, xtrf.eu. Let's talk about your business. So, as promised, here are some ideas on the type of projects you could receive to translate for speech. I guess the most well-known kind of project you could pursue in this area is translations for dubbing. I don't do it myself, but I've been following the work of amazing translators who are translating a lot of series and movies for voice actors to dub them. It's a highly specialized segment. It requires a lot of training, counting syllables, matching the actor's mouth, respecting time restrictions and rhythm. I mean, it's a completely different ballgame. And the final result is a delight when it's done right. The closest I got, it was a series of tutorials, so nothing glamorous like a movie or a TV show. There was a man and a woman explaining something, and I was able to translate what they were saying from Portuguese to English. After that, a dear colleague joined me, and we recorded the voices in English. In that case, it wasn't really dubbing, but really a voice over in the strictest sense of the word. If you ever watch the news, When someone is being interviewed in another language, you can hear a little bit of what they're saying, and then a voice in the target language comes in on top of it. Well, that's how a voice comes over the original voice for the audience to understand what's being said. So it's not quite interpreting because it's not real time, and it's not dubbing either because you can still hear the original at a much lower volume. 
Following that same idea, you could provide translations for different kinds of videos, whether the speaker is shown on screen or not. Besides tutorials, like the one project I mentioned, you could translate commercials or videos meant to introduce a product or a service to a foreign audience. You could also work on recorded events, such as webinars, when subtitles won't be added and instead the client wishes to make an alternative audio track available in another language. In that kind of material, sometimes an interpreter could be hired too, so they would interpret what is being said and record themselves to provide that additional audio track. It's a pretty good setup because there's no need to do it live if the event has been pre-recorded, and interpreters can watch the material beforehand to prepare and adjust anything as needed, while eliminating the intermediary process of transcribing the original audio for translation or doing an audio-to-text translation by listening to the source audio and typing the same material in the target language. By the way, whether you're an interpreter or not, if you also want to put your voice to work and read original content or translations aloud, check out a special Translation Confessional episode called Career Guide, Getting Started as a Voice Actor. It's full of tips on how to prepare yourself to work on this language-adjacent market. Now, one of the things that I do a lot is phone directories. You know when you call and you get a menu, press one for this, press two for that? Yes, I translate a lot of those. And I believe I've been working with the same client for over a decade, and they always have a high demand for this kind of service. I really enjoy it because I'm easily frustrated with phone directories. So doing a good job when translating them gives me some peace of mind that someone on the other end of the line will have an easy time navigating through the options to get the information or service they need. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.